Open up to Deuteronomy chapter 30. We'll start in verse 1. And it came to pass, sorry, and it shall come to pass, when all these things are come upon thee, the blessing and the curse, which I have set before thee, and thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee and will return and gather thee from all the nations whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the outmost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee and from thence will he fetch thee. And the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed. And thou shalt possess it, and he will do thee good, and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart, or purify it, and the, Lord, and the heart of thy seed, to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, that thou mayest live. And the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies, and on them that hate thee, which persecute thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord, and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. And the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land, for good. And for, for the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good, as he rejoiced over thy fathers." If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes which are written in this book of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul, for this commandment which I command thee this day, it is not hidden from thee, neither is it far off. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Neither is it beyond the sea, that thou shouldest say, Who shall go over the sea for us, and bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it? But the word is very nigh unto thee, in thy mouth and in thy heart, that thou mayest do it. So a little bit of reading there. And I think the best title of this talk is Come Back. Now, this is the Old Testament. It's written uh, explaining in a physical sense that... Um, God's chosen people, if they uh, reject God, uh, they'll be scattered. But then the Lord's saying, look, if uh, you turn your heart back to me, then I'll bring you back and I'll bless you abundantly, uh, it says in verse 5, above thy fathers, uh, because the commandments of the Lord are close to us, that uh, we don't need to, uh, to climb great mountains, do great things. It's close to us, it says in verse 14. But the word is very nigh unto thee. Uh, and the Lord's made his word um, for us to understand it. So, but this come back. Now, when I was reading this, we can apply it, even if we, uh, you know, we, we claim to be a part of the kingdom of God and uh, uh, we we. We claim to be doing uh, what the Lord wants us, but then we don't feel like there's a there's that feeling word, Frank. I'm sorry, 
Um, we don't feel like we're connected with God. We don't, uh, um, it feels like we're distant from God, you know? So this come back aspect, like the Lord wants us, okay, we may feel like we're scattered, um, but the Lord's saying, well, turn back and he'll bless, you know, uh, put the effort in and, and follow him, that his commandments are nigh, that this word of God we have in our lap, we have the Holy Spirit in us to, to train us and teach us, um, that, that the Lord wants us to come back, um, to have a close relationship with God. If, um, if, we, if we see, uh, you know, um, Frank also mentioned about his, oh, and also in um, Brian's testimony, like um, character attributes that needed to be changed, you know, and uh, we might have character attributes that we know uh, need to be changed. And uh, the Lord's saying, well, look, dig in, um, come back, you know, and he'll bless and he'll, uh, he'll refine um, and, uh, and that's what the Lord's saying is in this passage to us as spirit-filled people, the whole of the Bible was written for us. So how does this little passage apply to us? You know, uh, have it, the Lord wants us to have a close relationship. He wants to, to multiply us and bless us in what we do. Uh, to a, it says there in verse 8, to obey the voice of the Lord, um, to, to do the things. And that's... Uh, I can't remember where I read it, but um, but that was a key aspect of this passage as well to to do the things that the Lord asks us to do. And we'll read more passages about that uh, later. Jeremiah chapter twenty nine. Jeremiah chapter twenty nine. And we'll start in verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 29 and uh, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jeremiah 29 and uh, that was verse 11. So the Lord has an expected end uh, for us, which we know is a good one. Verse 12. Then shall ye call upon me, and ye shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you. And ye shall seek me and find me, when ye shall search for me with all your heart. And I will be found of you, saith the Lord, and I will turn away your captivity, and whatever that captivity is, and I will gather you from all the nations, And from all the places whither I have driven you, saith the Lord, and I'll bring you again into the place whence I caused you to be carried away captive. Back home, back with a relationship with the Lord. And uh, if you call upon him and pray to him and seek him, he will be found. It's a promise. You know, um, uh, if you follow his commandments and, uh, and he'll draw us back to be close to him. And, uh, and draw us back to be close to him, that we may be in a great position to do his will and not our will. You know, what we think's right or what we think is appropriate. You know, the Lord, uh, the Lord has a different way and, uh, and wants to help. And uh, we, are, we are here to serve him. Ezekiel 33. 
Ezekiel 33. Ezekiel chapter 33, and we'll start in verse 30. Ezekiel 33 and verse 30. Also, thou son of man, the children of thy people still are talking against thee by the walls and in the doors of the houses, and speak one to another, every one to his brother, saying, Come, I pray you, and hear what is the word that cometh forth from the Lord. Now that sounds positive, but we'll read on. And they come unto thee as the people cometh, and they sit before thee as my people, and they hear thy words, but they will not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their heart goeth after their covetousness. And lo, thou art unto them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice, and can play well on an instrument. For they hear thy words, but they do them not. And when this cometh to pass, and lo, it will come, then shall they know that a prophet hath been among them. And I really do love uh, verse 33. So there's a people who claim they love God. They claim with their voices, and they, they, they claim to, uh, to love to hear uh, what is written in his word, and they claim to hear, um, love to, uh, to learn about the word, but they, it just, it's just lovely to their voice, and it's not something that they do, you know, like a pleasant voice, and an instrument. it's like going to a, um, like a, a beautiful opera, and then just going away, and leaving it all behind, it's, it, but they do them not, and that's the key thing, like come back is all about doing them, uh, doing and obeying the words of the Lord. You know, we come together to wash each other's feet, so we come here as well to wash each other, to do that. You know, it's a doing thing. Um, it, it, it's, 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 it's not a, a self-fulfilling thing. But then, what, what we all love, verse 33, that, uh, that it will come when people will find out and know that, hey, there was a prophet amongst us. And, um, you know, people that hear and do not do, they will ultimately know that, hey, there was someone that was talking on behalf of God, because that's what a prophet is. They speak on behalf of God. And, uh, and that what was said was true, that uh, when the scriptures were expounded, wow, it was true. It wasn't just a, a lovely little bit of entertainment for us uh, to ignore but it was a warning to actually do and follow his commandments. Um, James, chapter 1. James, chapter 1. And that's an important thing. It's when the Lord calls for us to come back. Or we desire to come back. It's a, there's a doing action there. Um, James chapter 1 and verse 22. So it's James chapter 1 and verse 22. And here it says plainly, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way 
and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. So in his doing, he will be blessed. And uh, and this example of uh, looking in a mirror and uh, seeing your face and then you walk away, you know, it's like uh, that passage in Ezekiel, going to, uh, to hear lovely words and so forth and then walking away and like forgetting that we are... Um, sinful in the flesh that uh, we we um there's a barrier in the flesh between us and god that it's only god who makes perfect it's god who uh who fixes things up and changes things for the better it's not us and uh and so that that forgetting of what the natural man the manner of man is um, and with the spirit in us, the spirit's trying to remind us that as well. We carry the spirit around in us and uh, uh, reminding that, hey, we really do need um, God in our lives uh, and to be doing things that the Lord asks us. And I like there in verse 25 is, um, but whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty. Well, what's liberty? That's freedom. Um, it's freedom. That, uh, yes, we have uh, things to do for the Lord, but it's actual freedom. It's a pure sort of freedom that we are, we're, we're free from uh, the bounds of death and that we have this hope and this joy and this rejoicing. We have a purpose of life. This, we could just go on. That, uh, that the, law, the perfect law of liberty is what the Lord is uh, putting on offer for us to come back to. Um. Yeah, Matthew 13, Matthew chapter 13. A bit of reading here, but um, it's, it's such a wonderful uh, passage. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. So Matthew chapter 13 and verse 1. It says here, The same day went Jesus out of the house and sat by the seaside. And great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow, and when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell upon stony places, where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But other fell into good ground and brought forth fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, Because it is written unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. 
and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saith, By hearing you shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, or should come back, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see, and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear, and have not heard them. Hear ye therefore the parable of the sower, when any one heareth the word of the kingdom, and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one, and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet hath he not root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. He also that receives seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the care of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that heareth the word and understandeth it, which also beareth fruit and bringeth forth some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. And that there is just such a wonderful parable. It describes so beautifully uh, these aspects of um, the word and how it's planted in people's lives. And, uh, and we, uh, we outreach. I mean, there was, was a great outreach uh, that we had uh, on Friday. Uh, people went to witness there in uh, Paisley Square and uh, just so wonderful to be able to, as we say, spread the word. And most of the seed goes by the wayside and is plucked up. It doesn't germinate. The second one uh, receives it with joy. Baptised, receive the Holy Spirit, springs up quickly. Wonderful. But then they, they, uh, they last for a little while and it withers. There's no root. And then there's the other one where they, uh, they receive it joyfully. Baptised, receive the Holy Spirit, germinate, grow. And in the weeds, and uh, come up and choke, and that's slow, and um, and it's so sad to see, you know, that slow uh, deterioration of one's relationship with the Lord. I'm sure we've all seen it. Just slowly, we can see it that uh, things start dropping off, you know bit here, like they stop going to the outreaches, they stop uh, going to uh, Wednesday meetings, they stop going to the uh, afternoon meetings, then, then slowly uh, every third or fourth main meeting, like just things slowly dropping off, the joy things, it starts to be a, like a, a, a drag to follow the Lord. You start to see these things happen and, uh, and of course I'm thinking of someone very close in my mind where I saw that myself, it's very sad uh, and that takes time. And, uh, and so if only, you know, uh, the, the example of uh, you know, the, the seed falling uh, in stony places springs up and, uh, and then because it lacks root, but hey, recognise that and turn back. 
Well, the weeds are growing up. Recognise the weeds are growing up and are slowly uh, getting in the way. Then recognise it and come back. You know, but then the fourth example, which is great, you know, that's it's where we all hope to be. You know, we all hope for that seed to be land on good ground, the, the roots uh, digging deep and uh, bearing fruit, watching it spread from there. You know, um, and so uh, this whole aspect, that's where the Lord wants us to be. Uh, verse 23, that uh, we're bearing fruit and uh, scattering more seed, even though we may see most of it um, plucked up by... Um, by the fowls of the air, but we're scattering that seed. And, uh, uh, for us to acknowledge that's where we want to be and to come back. We'll go to uh, Acts chapter 2. Keynote scriptures here. Acts chapter 2 and verse 38. We'll start. This is the Revival Fellowship's keynote scripture, this verse. Unlike any other verse in the Bible, it uh, captures what the Lord requires of us to be saved, to be saved from this untoward generation. So we'll only read verse 38, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, and it says, And Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptised every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That repentance, that acknowledgement that, hey, look, I'm beholding myself in a mirror and I cannot be perfect before God in myself. That's the repentance. I need God in my life. Baptised by full immersion uh, and then receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that there, what we need to do and many of us have, is we need to repent. We need to uh, get baptised. And then the Lord fills us with the Holy Ghost. So that seed that was scattered, with joy we received it. And, uh, and then it was planted in our life. And then God gave us the Holy Spirit and it started to germinate in our life. Back to um, Acts chapter 2. Sorry, I did... Um, speak a bit too soon. Acts 2.38 is all about the word being planted in our life and here, we read here, where how the Lord yeah, does respond and then lets that seed germinate. So uh, chapter 2 and verse 1, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And we love that verse. This is the first instance in history that people received the Holy Spirit and with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The day of Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus Christ was sacrificed, um, uh, which is significant. And that's where the Lord responded to us calling out to him and he let that seed germinate and to grow in our life. And then he expects us to come back, to continue to come back and look to him. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. That is such an important verse as well in Matthew chapter 6. Oh, 
If only we'd all remember that. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't seek after the things of this world. God will deal with all that in his way. He just wants us to come back and seek him first. 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter 3 and verse 18. Just one verse here. First John chapter 3 and verse 18. And it says here, My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Okay, it's easy to say things. But I'm standing here saying a lot of stuff, aren't I? Um, It's easy to say that you love God. It's easy to say that you'll do something or you won't do something. It's easy to say that, um, the words. But the Lord really needs us to love in deed and truth. You know, have have a, a love for the truth and to do, to uh, to obey his word. And we, you know, we, we do that when we're born again. We, we, the Lord asked us to be baptised and we did it as an answer of a good conscience toward God because God asked us to. And not only that, Jesus Christ did himself. <laughs> of all the human beings who could um, argue, oh, no, I don't need to get baptised, it was Jesus He was the only one who could try to argue his way out of being baptised, but he didn't. Not my my will, but thine. Uh, Let it fulfil all righteousness. And it was after Jesus was baptised that God showed himself uh, where the spirit descended like a dove. And so God was happy that uh, even his own son obeyed in deed and in truth, that love of the Father. And then... Of course, uh, Jesus Christ for the rest of his life just um, obeyed in deed and in truth as an example to us. Okay, penultimate scripture, Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. That's the consequence. It's a good consequence of keeping his commandments. And my law as the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom... Thou art my sister, a close uh, kindred, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. And we'll stop there. So uh, it refers to uh, wisdom as to keep keep that as our sister, keep her as our sister, keep understanding as as, um, our kinswoman, if we keep that close to us, 
the, uh, the wisdom from the Lord, the understanding from the Lord, it goes on and it says it keeps us from the strange woman. So the strange woman is uh, uh, other ways, uh, lies, um, folly, um, other doctrines that don't match the Bible. That's that strange woman. But to keep uh, the wisdom and the understanding close to us. And, uh, and even like verse 5, it refers to uh, that strange woman that flatters with her words. And uh, uh, we, we come to, uh, to the kingdom to uh, do his will, uh, not to be entertained with words. But then, what, and this leads into the, next, the last passage, verse 2 it says, keep my commandments and live. And, I could add in there, and keep my law, or my word, as the apple of thine eye. So it's interesting here, in this passage, that the Lord wants us to keep his word, his statutes, as our apple of our eye. As the apple of our eye, sorry. So to have a... Uh, a love for and a regard for and, uh, and obtain great joy from that, that this is the apple of my eye. Uh, I mean, that's a modern say- uh, still a saying used today, um, that the high regard for his word and his statutes and his commandments and the desire to apply them and to come back to following his ways, it's the apple of my eye, okay, a love of our life. And then we go to finish up in uh, verse 32. Sorry, beg your pardon. Deuteronomy chapter 32. (laughs) Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 10 to finish up. Deuteronomy 32 and verse 10. This is... um, The Lord, like he, found him being uh, his chosen people, uh, Israel. So God found Israel in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led them about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. So it's interesting where, I mean, the apple of his eye, uh, God's chosen people, his beloved, it says elsewhere that uh, that. It was the church in the wilderness um, that he espoused himself uh, to Israel. Um, And here in this desert land, devoid of truth, devoid of doctrine, uh, devoid of uh, righteousness, he led them, held onto them and kept them as the apple of his eye. So here on earth, we are God's, how do I put this right? We are the apple of God's eye. Consequently, referring to Proverbs chapter 7, we keep his word as the apple of our eye. Now, God is God. He's perfect. He's amazing. <laughs> um, so, but it's like something, he's an example that he, we are jewels in his crown. We're, we're the apple of his eye. He wants us to hold him that way as well, that uh, he is our all in all that he is a jewel in our crown, that, um, that we want to... I mean, it says elsewhere, um, 
in Psalms, that's right. Uh, Keep me as the apple of thine eye. Um, Protect me under the shadow of thy wings. And well then, okay, how do we flip that back? Well, let's protect the word, protect the truth, the apple of our eye. Let's keep it pure. Let's keep referring to it and turn back to it. That the flow-on effect in our lives is that, uh, that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, things like that. That love as well, those aspects that are so clearly described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that then embodies in our life if we come back, come back and follow him and keep him as the apple of our eye as he keeps us as the apple of his eye. Okay, thank you.